Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. right saturday night guys let's go come on where you at got a new hat uh louisville bats that's right louisville bats just there last week all right come on come on all right what else is it guys Right. It's Saturday Night Live with Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Saturday, August 27th. For those that will be listening to this on the podcast, it is going to be August 28th. Do the math. It is Saturday. I will air this on a podcast form on a Sunday, the 28th, for your enjoyment. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so we're going to jump right into this whole situation here. I want to welcome you guys to the show. Um, now, I've got something to talk about that very well, very well could get this live feed dis- disrupted. So um, with that being said, please, please make sure to listen to us anywhere podcasts can be heard. Also, um, be sure to share this with your friends. Now, when I say anywhere podcasts can be heard, we literally on every platform that you can find podcasts. So, you know, if you have Apple device, Google, Android, um, Spotify is probably the biggest platform. Uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn FM, Amazon, Stitcher, basically everywhere with the exception of Pandora for whatever reason. So what do we say here at uh, DTOM? We tell Pandora to go fuck himself. You know, whatever. But the reason I, I want to preface this with that warning is what I what I have to talk about today. <clears throat> I don't know <laughs> how long this this live feed will go with uh, Facebook, just for the fact that um, they have a tendency to uh, cut you off uh, magically enough. So I have one small story that kind of uh, struck me when I was doing research today, but then the bulk of this show will be on the next story and then we'll finish it up with another story. So it's a, it's a three for three for Saturday. So guys, we'll be here for a minute 
those of you that listen to the show on a regular basis know that I can sit here and tell you it's going to be a short show and we go an hour. But uh, that's, that's what I do. Um, I have a tendency to come up with two, three, four uh, stories to talk about and uh, get to sipping on my whiskey here. And before you know it, an hour, hour plus goes on. Also, a couple programming notes. Like I said, this will be the Sunday podcast show. I'll do a show Wednesday, and then it looks like uh, looks like we'll be back for Detom Files this week. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll get to finish up our uh, our False Flag series. Um, we will promise you guys out there that we will not get hammered this time. Um, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I hear you guys right now. You've said that before. Well, I'm saying it again. Here we go. All right. Here's, uh, here's our fearless leader, Joseph R. McGillicuddy. He's got a little something for you to say We took on the here. NRA, and we beat them. We just passed the first significant gun safety legislation in 30 years in this country. And I promise you we're not stopping here. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. I did it once before and we will do it again. We're going to do it for those families in Buffalo, Uvalde, Newtown, El Paso, Parkland, Charleston, Las Vegas, Orlando. I've been to almost every one of those places to meet with those parents. We took on... Nothing better than a a lying sack of shit to tell you. I've been to, I've been to all those places to talk to those parents. Bullshit, dude. Bull fucking shit. God bless. Um. So anyway, <laughs> this is what you're gonna get, guys. Now I know some of you guys can sit here and say, Don, voting, it's all rigged. It doesn't matter. Blah blah blah. And I get it. I understand the frustration. But listen to the words that dipshit said he and i guess if nothing else i'll say this about joe biden he keeps his promises now granted it's nothing that benefits the american people but he does keep his promise i'm gonna shut the pipeline down he shut the pipeline down i'm gonna do this he does it i'm gonna give free education you know pay back you know cancel student loans whatever it was now i'm and he did it uh you know so i'm not saying these are good things but he's doing them so what makes you think that for one second that with him saying, I'm going to ban assault weapons, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing when it comes to the Second Amendment, that he's not going to at least give it a, a try. So it's something that he knows he cannot do an executive order on. And if you've listened to the last two shows, I talked about Executive Order um, 14067, which is a very important executive order that nobody's talking about so I, if you haven't listened to that show um it was the last podcast i did on wednesday i encourage you guys to go listen to that show um but nonetheless that's where it's very important for us to get out here and vote and make sure that senators and congressmen those those seats get flipped red because and, and i'm not even sitting here saying that all republicans are good but most of them will fight for the Second Amendment. Now, um, President Joe Biden has pledged to ban assault weapons, and Democrats managed to strengthen their 
precarious hold over the House of Representatives and the Senate on um, in November. Speaking at a rally for the Democratic National Committee in Richmond, uh, Monterey, uh, I'm sorry, Montgomery High School in Rockville, Maryland on Thursday, Joseph R. McGillicuddy stressed the significance of the upcoming vote in just 74 days. Um, your right to choose is on the ballot this year, he told the crowd. And then he's talking about Social Security. And the main thing is is guns. He's going to sit there, going to sit there and push the gun narrative. And I guarantee you, here it is, August 27th, guarantee you within the next, what are you talking, September, October, so two and a half months, give or take. You know, you're probably looking at about, what, 10 weeks before um, voting comes around. Guarantee you. There's at least, at least one, if not more, mass shootings. And, and I don't want to dumb it down and say mass shootings because there's a mass shooting going on right now. I guarantee you somewhere in this country there's a mass shooting. By definition, there's a mass shooting going on right now. Right, right now. And I guarantee you, if you look it up, if you go on Google or Duck or whatever you, whatever you do to search your stuff, you go on there right now and I guarantee you, the last mass shooting that we talked about was what, um, in Chicago, not Chicago, but uh, I can't even think of the name of the town, North Park or something like that. Um, I guarantee you since then there's been at least, I'm going to just lowball and say 10 that you've never even heard of unless you happen to live in that area. And that's just for the fact that if it's not sensationalized by the media, then it doesn't get radio play, so to speak. But guarantee me, mark my words or guarantee you, mark my words, um, within the next month, probably by the, I would say before the end of uh, September, there's a mass shooting of some sort. School's back in session. It's perfect time. Um, not saying it's a good thing, but I guarantee you something's going to happen so they can have something to use, so they can have something to run on, so they can close out this election. So, that was that. All right, here's here's the juicy part of the, of the story uh, of the show. All right, now, obviously, the FBI has been in the news a lot lately with everything that's going on with uh, Mar-a-Lago and, and whatever, you know. Um, I remember growing up as a kid before the FBI was invented. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you never really, you, you knew of the FBI like you knew they existed, but you never really heard about them, right? I mean, it, was, it wasn't like every day it seems like the FBI is in the news. And I'm not even talking every day recently. I'm talking about every day for the past, you know, six years. You've heard stories about the FBI. And not necessarily good stories about the FBI. It's like you're hearing, oh, the FBI stopped this and the FBI did that. And the FBI, it's always they're involved in some kind of corruption, some kind of scandal, some kind of bullshit. And, and it's really sparked since 2016. So you're looking at the last six years, you've had the FBI in the limelight when realistically, we shouldn't really hear anything about the FBI. They should be doing their job, stuck in the back, you know, investigating, <laughs> not creating the news. So I have, uh, I have a couple examples here of um to prove that not only are they corrupt but they are treasonously 
corrupt. And that there is something else going on in this whole FBI. And, and you can't even blame it on one person. You can't blame it on, you know, the current um, head of the FBI. You can't blame it on him because he's, you know, relatively new in the position. This is something that's been going on six-plus years. Um, I mean, sure, it's been longer than six years, but we haven't really heard about much of anything but for the last six years. So, um, you know, basically the FBI is tasked with ensuring the safety of U.S. citizens from domestic threats such as terrorism, organized crime, and um, corruption from public office. As such, the FBI is imbued uh, with certain um, special powers that make this organization a truly formidable force. For instance, the FBI is one of a handful of federal agents that has the legal authority to kick down your door at any moment and have you on the ground faster than you could say Uncle Sam, <laughs> which makes me very hesitant to bring you this story as I sit here in the DTOM studios live on Facebook, but, you know, it is what it is. It's virtually important that an organization has powerful as the FBI be kept on a short leash of public accountability at all times. Since given the chance to overrun its mandate, the agency has quickly transformed from a defender of the weak into a malignant force of oppression. Without question, the FBI has run amok and is now a puppet of special interest driven by anti-American agendas. Agendas. The following telling signs of corruption in the FBI are truly in... Uh, dic- <laughs> In, <laughs> I love it when I just can't read fucking words. Indicative of widespread acts of treason. Okay, so here's here's a couple examples. So we're gonna go. We're gonna start with the Benghazi investigation. So on September 11th of 2012, uh, U.S. diplomatic mission in Benghazi was attacked by Islamic extremists. Originally billed as a spontaneous protest triggered by a video, a video critical of Muslims. It was later revealed that Benghazi was actually planned well in advance. The date chosen for brutal attack, which took lives of four Americans, hardly seems like a a coincidence. It's also decidedly odd that the State Department chose to task a little-known British security company named Blue Mountain with handling the protection of the Benghazi mission. At the time, they were awarded their diplomatic security contract by the State Department. Blue Mountain had no employees in the Benghazi region. They hired 20 local men to do the job, requiring minimal background checks and providing hardly any training. Some sources uh, have suggested that members of the Blue Mountain security team abandoned their post during the attack and may have even participated in the killings of Ambassador Christopher Stevens and three other Americans. As the head of the State Department at the time, Hillary Clinton was tasked with the protection of American diplomats stationed abroad. Why the Clinton State Department chose Blue Mountain over dozens of far more qualified and reputable security companies remains a mystery. (laughs) Gee, really, does it? (sighs) But what's certain is that Clinton's negligence in handling security in Benghazi was noted by several prominent Republican lawmakers. Also, an FBI investigation into Benghazi attacks is ongoing. However, despite evidence that secure, um, Secretary, <laughs> Secretary, <laughs> Secretary Clinton's choices led to the loss of American lives, the FBI has not charged her with any crimes. Perhaps this is a sign of corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, or perhaps both 
the public and the FBI simply became distracted with by the scandal, which reared its ugly head from the wake of the Benghazi proceedings. So note, this is one example of the FBI investigating, investigating a situation that involves the Clintons. All right? Email gate. This is uh, corruption number two. As American watched the Benghazi investigation unfold, it became clear that Secretary Clinton had mishandled classified information. Now, before I read on, now, these are all things that involved... Now, you're talking 2012 into 2013. Now, these all led up to the 2016 election where a lot of these things came to light and, and the questions were asked, if you recall... Uh, Hillary Clinton being asked about the classified documents, about the email, about the servers, about the, uh, the bleach bit and the blackberries and all this stuff. And she played stupid. She played ignorant. And she, she acted like you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But um, while Clinton attested that using a personal mobile device and a home service to store information vital to national security was merely... Uh, convenience and proper storage of classified material is against the law and has led to the indictment of numerous public officials except for her. In August of uh, 2015, the FBI embarked on a detailed investigation in the Clinton email scandal, yet uh, despite the evidence against Hillary Clinton, FBI head James Comey decided Secretary Clinton had, Clinton, Clinton had merely been extremely careless rather than grossly negligent in her handling of the classified information, clearing her of criminal wrongdoing. So let's talk about that for a second. And let's move to what's going on right now with Mar-a-Lago. In Trump's situation, they're just automatically assuming that he's grossly negligent instead of extremely careless, when he may be neither. Comey came to this conclusion after questioning Clinton behind closed doors. I'm sure. I'm sh I would love to be a fly on the wall of that conversation. On the 4th of July weekend of 2016, the FBI did not record <laughs> did not record the session and did not require that Clinton testify under oath. So let me get this straight. We're not going to record the situation. Not only that, but <laughs> you don't have to swear to God that you're telling the truth. That way, when you're lying, because we know you're going to, we don't have to arrest you for perjury. I mean, <laughs> the situation of the hypocrisy of, of, <laughs> of the obviousness of this is, is mind-blowing. However, citing new evidence found on the laptop of Anthony Weiner, Comey briefly reopened the email investigation just weeks before the November 8, 16 presidential election. In the end, Comey stuck to his original conclusion, but not before casting serious uh, apprehensions on Clinton's candidacy. And, of course, that's a situation where prior to that election, a lot of people blamed Comey and the FBI for being involved somewhat in the election. Okay, so keep that in mind. Okay, since then, troubling questions have been raised about the roles played by the two top FBI officials, Peter Strzok and, and uh, Andrew McCabe, and Clinton's exoneration. 
The Justice Department reopened the Clinton email investigation in January of 18 after it was revealed that Strzok had been responsible for changing the language of Comey's July 5th statement to save Secretary Clinton, uh, why do I want to say Clinton, Clinton from criminal charges. McCabe has suspected, um, is, is suspected of uh, delaying investigation into files found on Wiener's laptop for as long as possible. Both agents have been shown on numerous occasions to have engaged in partisan politics unbefitting of their stations. Number two, so number three. So, so number one, Benghazi involved Secretary Clinton. Number two, the email situation coming out of the um, Benghazi hearings into other things involved Hillary Clinton. Number three, tarmac meeting. The United States Attorney General is head of the Justice Department and is directly in charge of the FBI. On June 27, 2016, Attorney General Loretta Lynch secretly met with Bill Clinton on her government plane as it sat on the tarmac of Sky Harbor International Airport in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, I want you to remember this particular story here because I have something to tie into this at the end of the show. So... Just keep this in mind. While Lynch described this meeting as an impromptu opportunity for socialization between old friends. So let me get this straight. You're in Phoenix, Arizona, minding your business, whatever she was doing in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know. She was speaking at an event, I think, if, if I recall correctly. And Bill Clinton just happened to be there. So Bill's like, hey, how's it going, Loretta? Uh, just seeing you happen to be in Phoenix. Let's have a little chit-chat and on your plane. I mean, nothing to see here. <laughs> um, FBI documents obtained by Judicial Watch exposed the Clinton purposefully de- delayed the takeoff of his aircraft to maneuver a meeting with the Attorney General. Judicial Watch documents further show the FBI was more concerned about information regarding the meeting leaking to the public than they were about the meeting itself. If the meeting was, uh, you know, by chance, why would the FBI be concerned about the public finding out about it? Soon after meeting, Loretta Lynch uh, asked FBI uh, James Comey to stop calling the Clinton email probe an investigation and to call it a matter instead. Comey stated under oath that this request to change the language used in an active investigation for apparently a partisan politics reasons gave him a queasy feeling. Nonetheless, Hillary Clinton was exonerated of all alleged crimes associated with her use of private email server uh, a week after the tarmac. So, you know, here's another situation. Clinton, Clinton, Clinton. They all basically have to do with the same situation. And then you got, you, you just, you can't help but wonder what was said. You know, was it like a situation, hey, remember, uh, you know, remember Vince Foster? You don't want to end up like him, right? You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Uranium One, number four, 2010, FBI was one of nine agencies that approved the sale of U.S. uranium mining facility facilities owned by the Canadian company Uranium One to Rosatom, a state-sponsored Russian energy company. This deal provided the Russian government with control of roughly 
of all U.S. uranium reserves and was incidentally also approved by who? Anyone? That's right, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Interestingly, by the time the 2010 Uranium One deal, um, the FBI had already acquired a mass of evidence proving that Rosatom was involved in bribery, kickback schemes, money laundering, and extortion to expand Putin's influence over American uranium. The sale of American uranium to Russia went through anyway without FBI interference. In 2017, the U.S. House Intelligence Lack Thereof Committee began <laughs> investigating the Uranium One deal for signs of criminal wrongdoing. In February of 18, FBI informant William Douglas, Douglas Campbell testified that Rosatom had hired lobbying firm APCO for $3 million a year to gain Hillary Clinton's approval of the deal by making massive contributions to the Clinton Global Initiative. Campbell asserts that hiring Apico is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Rosatom's corruption. The United States has to import uranium to keep up with the man cho uh, choosing to sell 20% of U.S. uranium reserves would therefore be a potential danger to national security and is especially troubling because the sale was made by a company like Rosatom. All right, the Russian probe. So, Russian probe involved who? That's right, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> no. Ever since the, the culmination of the 2016 presidential election, leftist publications and pundits pum, pum, <laughs> um, have insisted that the real reason Clinton lost wasn't that she was corrupt, but out of touch, and Donald Trump colluded with Russian government to steal the election. So let me get this straight. Russian uh, Trump colluded with the Russians, the same Russians that Clinton colluded with to sell uranium to. Right? Okay. Although collusion isn't a crime when it comes to federal elections, and uh, Russia and other countries have been infiltrating, or I'm sorry, in interfering with U.S. elections for decades, the uh, Justice Department still appointed former FBI Director Robert Mueller as special counsel to investigate possible Russian interference in the 2016 election, sniffing an opportunity to undermine authority of the duly elected president of the United States. Media outlets breathlessly awaited months for Mueller's team to drop the hammer. Um, yet after several indictments and minor campaign officials regarding unrelated uh, technicalities, and a smattering of embarrassing blatant instances of fake news, Democrats seemed to realize that the collusion narrative was going nowhere and switched to accusing Trump and his team of obstruction of justice. So, I mean, that's the tactic of the left. It's like, we're going to try this. We're going we're gonna to basically blame him of doing something that we're actually doing. Because we have evidence of, of us doing it, we just need to change the names. So we're going to blame him. Oh shit, it's not working. On to the next thing. And this is why I can't even imagine Trump's going to actually run for president. Now I'm not saying he's not. And being he's the type of person that he is, I can, I can see him running just because. But like me... <laughs> if it were me, I, I listen to and see the, all the stuff that's going on 
everything they're doing is so he doesn't run again. And I said this on the last show, this has nothing to do with him going to prison. The fact that he may or may not go to prison isn't even doesn't matter because he's not going to go to prison. You know, you can impeach a president, you can do all these things, and it, it doesn't make them criminally, you know, negligent, because if that were the case, you know, all these, you know, Nixon, Clinton, Trump, these guys would be in jail, or would have been in jail, or prison, or whatever. The idea behind all this is for them to not be president again. Excuse me. It has nothing to do with with them going to prison. So they're going to keep throwing as much shit to the wall as they possibly can get to stick. Therefore, um, not letting him be president. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said on the last show, it's very interesting to see everything that goes on as far as them doing these things and throwing crap to the wall to get him to not run, to get him preoccupied with with clearing his name or whatever the case may be, um, because they don't want him to be president. They, they have a certain agenda that they want to fulfill. And this American project is just yet one piece of the puzzle of the grand scheme of things. You know what I'm saying? And... When Trump was in president, that threw them off. Like I said, this started, I mean, this started years and years ago. But uh, as of lately, in the last, you know, 24, well, 34 years, you're talking, a plan was put in place. When Daddy Bush was made president in 88, you had a succession of presidents that were all on board with the deal. Now you can sit here and tell me, well, that doesn't make sense because you went Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama. You went Republican, Democrat, you know, doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense because Clinton, Bush, and Clinton, and Obama, and Bush, and, <laughs> you know, they're, they're all the same. They're all the same. Just because one's a Republican and one's a Democrat don't mean shit. They're all the same. And that's why I said... Why do you think in 2016, okay, so when, when Jeb Bush was running for president and Trump won the uh, Republican nominee, people were like, ah, shit, you know, because it was supposed to be um, Jeb and Hillary. That was it. It was supposed to be them two. When, um, when uh, Trump got the nomination and... Uh, it was going to be him versus versus Hillary. They were like, okay, well, you know, we got Hillary. They're going to be able to. I think they thought they would. They were going to be able to sway the public opinion and swing away from the fact that Hillary Clinton's a corrupt, lying piece of shit. I'm sorry to say it, but that's what she is. Um, and try to sway it into a situation of history. Kind of like with Barack, history, okay, the first black president, okay, now you got the first woman running for president. That was the, that was the, that was their thing, and you saw it, you know, oh, this is history in the making, this could be the first woman president. Who cares? 
If it's a man, if it's a woman, if they're white, if they're black, I could give a shit less. As long as they do the job. All right, so back to this FBI stuff. So uh, without reading everything word for word here, because a lot of these things you guys know about, the Strzok test, uh, text between him and um, Lisa Page, his, his girlfriend, whatever she was, you know, although he was married and now that his wife, I think, is a judge or something, conveniently enough. And uh, and also into their insurance policy. Now, if you don't know who Strzok and Page are, they were high-level um, FBI agents. More corruption. Um, these couple here are interesting to me. So, Andrew McCabe, who was uh, used to be the director, deputy director of the FBI. So, in 2015, Jill McCabe, the wife of Andrew McCabe, ran a failed campaign for Virginia State uh, Senate seat. Her campaign, uh, her campaign received contributions totaling around $675,000 from the Virginia Democratic Party and a super PAC controlled by Democratic Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, a longtime Clinton ally. Jill McCabe lost the race months before her husband became involved in the Clinton email investigation. However, the fact remains that Andrew McCabe's wife had been enabled to run for office by a close associate of Hillary Clinton. As we mentioned earlier, the Justice Department office, um, office of the Inspector General has taken a recent interest in McCabe's handling of the emails recovering, recovered from Anthony Weiner's laptop in uh, early October 16. The FBI ethics officials failed to warn McCabe about potential conflicts of interest regarding the involvement of the investigation of the Clinton emails. The OIG is investigating among other things, whether certain FBI personnel tried to pl uh, delay publicizing the emails until after the election. So here's the situation. You have the deputy director of the FBI investigating uh, Hillary Clinton, allegedly. In the meantime, you have his wife running for Virginia Senate, who was given money by a person, the governor of that state, that runs a a uh, a uh, Democratic super PAC who is friends with the Clintons. So I mean, it's it's a bunch of scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's a bunch of. I mean, you could sit here and say, well, that's politics. That's what they do. But it's it's when you have high powered officials scratching each other's backs to keep other people out of jail to get other people elected at office. That's where things get sketchy. Bruce Orr's wife. Now, he was the um, DOJ official who originally delivered the so-called Russian dossier to the FBI. Orr was demoted in December of 17 for failing to inform the DOJ of his meetings with employees of Fusion GPS the opposition research company that authorized the dossier. Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie Orr, worked for Fusion GPS at the time. The dossier was being formulated. Bruce Orr failed to disclose this conflict of interest to the DOJ. According to Paul Krominer, a Washington, D.C. public policy lawyer, it is a federal crime to knowingly and willfully fail to file the required information on government ethic forms. The FBI went on to use 
the Russian dossier to help secure Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA Act, uh, FISA warrant, to uh, surveil at least one Trump campaign official in the run-up to the uh, 2016 election. So essentially, they're sitting there smacking Bruce Orr's hand for doing what he did, but in the meantime, they still used the shit that he did that when he, <laughs> he obtained a piece of paper illegally, falsely, if that's a word, from his wife who worked at the company that created the dossier, created because there was nothing there. And then they went on to use said creation to try and indict a sitting president for something that he didn't do, that something was literally pulled out of thin air. These are high-ranking, these aren't your low-level FBI agents. These are high-ranking FBI officials, directors, deputy directors, heads of the DOJ, wives of head directors, and wives of uh, high-ranking officials in the DOJ. You have Peter Strzok, who was fucking around on his wife with Lisa Page, and then to keep the wife happy, they gave her a high position as a, I want to say she's a judge somewhere, she's like a district judge. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's that's right. But it's um, it's those types of things, you know. And 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 it all involves a small, a very small group of people. And when we talk about, and I've got more stuff here to talk about, but when we talk about, you know, of recent situations, when we talk about the um, the eighty-seven thousand new uh, IRS agents being hired. And not only that, but being, hell, I'm going to say it, being militarized, being trained on how to use weaponry, how to knock on doors and forcefully obtain evidence. When we talk about these things, you already have an FBI who does that, who is lawfully able to knock down your door and have you on the ground faster than that, right? Isn't that what I read earlier? And these people, they go after presidents. You think we're safe? So you also have FISAgate. So on March of 17, President Trump made a startling claim that the Obama administration had surveilled Trump Tower. Now, this is somewhat recent news because um, you just had... Um, Sussman, you know, the trial. Granted, he got off conveniently enough. Um, but here's another situation where you spied on a, a uh, candidate for presidency onto the fact that after he was even elected, you continued to do so. And this is the FBI doing these things. The Steele dossier was used as evidence even though Steele had already been discounted as an unreliable FBI source, but they used the shit anyway. So those are just a few uh, things. And then even into now. What's going on now involving the FBI and corruption? <laughs> FBI brass warned agents off Hunter Biden laptop due to 2020 election. So... If you recall, in October of um, of twenty, right when the uh, Hunter Biden laptop laptop situation came about, 
you heard, I think the New York Post was about the only newspaper that was talking about it. And then it went away. Twitter, if you even tried to retweet or post or whatever, you got kicked off, you got banned, you got blocked, you got whatever. Your post got taken down. Uh, Facebook shadow banned. Anything that got posted that had to do with um, with the uh, Hunter Biden laptop. But now, fast forward, you know, almost two years later, and whistleblowers are coming out and all this stuff is coming out. FBI official told agents not to investigate for son Hunter Biden's infamous laptop for months, vowing that the Bureau was not going to change the outcome of the election again. So what are you trying to say? They're saying that they did because of 16, because of what happened. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Jackasses. If you don't do anything illegal, there's no reason for you to worry about what gets overturned. They're talking about the Hillary situation in 216, in 2016. That needed to come out. She did not need to be. Think about this shit. Look what she was doing as Secretary of State and as First Lady. What the fuck do you think she was going to do as president? I mean, the only, I think the only, my personal opinion, the only benefit to her being president is there would have not been coronavirus, I, I believe. I believe that was something, I, I'm not saying it didn't already exist, but I'm pretty sure they didn't want to unleash it yet. I think they did what they did to get Trump out of office. They were able to do that. I think if she had been president, um, Corona wouldn't have came about until later because they still would have needed that to shut the, the world down. And I, I say the world because it's, it's not an American thing. Coronavirus was a worldwide thing. I think it got enacted a little early on, on purpose. So um, these new allegations provide even more evidence the FBI corruption and renewed calls for you to take immediate steps to investigate FBI actions regarding the laptop. Um. I'm not going to read into this article a whole lot. I mean, I guess the head, the title says it all. I do have a clip I want to play. Now, I don't like usually playing clips from other podcasts or, or stuff like that, and I will use news clips. So the fact that this is coming from the Joe Rogan um, podcast, not like nobody knows who this guy is. I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is, he had uh, Mark Zuckerberg on there the other day. And, uh, I'll, I'll play the clip, and you you hear Joe Rogan first. He asks a question, and listen to the response from... Uh, handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial. Like, there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election. Shit. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Yep. Yep. God bless. Anyway, let me see if I can find it again. I just fucking dropped my damn cup holder on the thing. <laughs> fucking, where in the hell is it at here? I think this is it. Let's play it again. Let's play it again. Uh, a there big news item that's controversial. 
like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have... Um, it's called shadow banning, Mark. Just tell, tell them what it is. Um, misinformation, important misinformation. We, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the... So we let random people decide what's true and false. Is that, that what I'm understanding? The kicker is this. With his roundabout answer of saying that, yes, the FBI told him. Um, <laughs> the FBI does not deny that it warned Facebook of the uh, dump of Russian propaganda before Hunter, uh, Hunter's laptop story broke. So the FBI on Friday did not deny it warned Facebook of the intimate dump of Russian propaganda um, before the story of the Hunter Biden laptop broke in the 20 election cycle. The agency did, however, try to distance itself from Facebook actions. The Bureau fueled um, NBC News reported that the FBI admitted the Bureau did provide companies with foreign threat indicators. So essentially, basically what happened is this. I'm going to give you the DTOM uh, Cliff Notes version because I'm tired of reading these fucking articles. So here's the deal. We all know in October of 20, there was a uh, computer repair shop in Delaware. Hunter Biden brought the laptop in. Whatever was wrong with it had cocaine stuck in the keyboard. I don't know what the problem was. Whatever it was, whatever. Um, the dude fixed it. Uh, Hunter never came and picked it up. He went and turned it over. I'm sure he probably, in in fixing the computer, probably saw some shit that he didn't want to see, but saw it nonetheless, and uh, took it to the FBI. FBI, in turn, looked at the computer, realized what they had here, and uh, file 13, right? K5, don't talk about it. We're going to put it over here. Word got out about said computer. So what do they do? Well, number one, they threatened the store owner about the laptop and said, you you don't know nothing. You didn't see anything. You don't know nothing. You know, cayete la boca, shut your mouth. You know, whatever. Word still got out that this laptop existed and stuff was on there. So how do you quell that information? How do the majority of this, of this country get information? Well, they get it from Facebook. They get it from Twitter. I mean, they might watch CNN and Fox and whoever else. Well, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, your, your big three, ABC, CBS, NBC, they're not talking about it. So you had Fox 
And then if you watch Newsmax or OAN, they might have been talking about it. But I would venture a guess that a good chunk of this country gets their news from either Facebook or Twitter or some social media platform, whichever, whichever one. So you want to you want to put the kibosh on that. You want to shadow ban it on Facebook. We don't want to censor the the uh, people's talk, so we just won't let people see <laughs> the talk. Or we'll throw third-party fact-checkers, which is the stupidest fucking thing, because that way we're not blamed. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. We didn't say it. It was the third-party fact-checkers. It wasn't us. So don't blame us. But I've been fact-checked a couple of times by different situations, and sometimes it has nothing to do with what the fuck I'm talking about. So I trust third-party pack. <laughs> third-party fact-checkers like I trust Hunter Biden to give me Parmesan, essentially. I mean, the fact of the matter is this. You have an agency that should be watching our backs. You can look at different situations where 9-11... I mean, how many times have you seen or heard, and I don't think I have that here, but I might. Let me see what this story is. Yeah, let me read this real quick. So the, the FBI has long history of abusing its power and once again prominent amid the continued expose by special counsel John Durham. Um, let me skip through here, blah, blah, blah. So, finds that Carter Page. So, a long history of impropriety. The FBI has a long history of impropriety ever since war on terror stated. Yeah, so this is this is actually good. I read this earlier, so let me read this. The FBI had targeted Muslim communities for informants who received 100000 or more for their work and may be engaged in illegal activities that go unaddressed. Trevor Aronson analyzed 1,000 FBI cases and found that of these defendants caught up in FBI terrorism sting operations, the FBI informant was the person who led one of every three terrorist plots. And the FBI also provided all the necessary weapons, money, and transportation. Now listen to what I just said. Now this is back in the 90s, okay? <laughs> of these defendants caught up in FBI terrorism sting operations, the an FBI informant, was the person who led one of every three terrorist plots. So 33% of every terrorist plot. And the FBI also provided the necessary weapons, money, and transportation for said plot. The most infamous examples of these FBI uh, is when an FBI agent told a soon-to-be shooter to tear up Texas right before that person shot up a crowded hall. Even the San Bernardino shooter had contact with people on the FBI's radar. More recently, there were allegations that that Las Vegas, Las Vegas shooter, Stephen Paddock's girlfriend, was an FBI informant. Since Trump was elected, the FBI's focus has shifted away from Islamic terror. So if you recall, so Twin Towers, right? When was that? 2001, right? So the, the um, Twin Towers bombing... And the Oklahoma City, so, I mean, Oklahoma City was uh, domestic, but the Twin Towers, you had situations of Islamics. Our whole focus in the, in the 
late 90s, early 2000s was Islamic terrorism. Why was that? Because we needed to go to war in the Middle East. Why? I, I have no idea. That literally will be a show for another day because Chris and I have ideas as to why 9-11 took place, and that is a show for another day. I promise you. I know we keep talking about it, and I'm going to say this about that. It's, it's, it's August 27th, and Chris, if, you, if you're listening to this or you're watching this, we've got to get that 9-11 show together. I would really love to have it done for 9-11, just to let you know. Anyway, <laughs> that's like in three weeks, two weeks. Anyway, um, where was that? Trump was elected. FBI focus had shifted away from Islamic terror toward supposed far-right terror. Um, just like the FBI's role in Muslim communities, pardon me, <laughs> after 9-11, it's late. It's like 9 o'clock. Oh. Um, Muslim communities after 9-11. The plot involving Michigan Governor, Mission, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer timed um, to take place heading into the 2020 election involved mostly FBI informants and agents. Journalist Gr Glenn Greenwald asked similar questions about the FBI's involvement in January 6th Capitol riot. So, and, and I think the basis here is with the Gretchen Whitmer situation, you had a group of people. If most of those people were FBI and family, not saying they were FBI agents, but they had dealings with the FBI. So I don't know how many people were involved in that, but let's, let's just, for shits and giggles, we'll say there was 10 people. Let's say there was 20 people. If 15 of those people were FBI informants and they egged on the other five guys, well, those are the ones that are facing... Um, prosecution. You just had one of them uh, plead guilty. Same thing with January 6th. You have a situation where when you have these, these um, like J6, like prior to it being a capital riot, when you had Trump up there saying what he was saying, you had these people, you had the rally going, you're going to have people involved that are heated, they're passionate, they're pissed off that Trump lost, Right? All you have to do is antagonize those couple of people. I, I say couple. It's not like it was one or two. I'm talking about that group of people. And you antagonize them by using your informants. Okay? That's why you have video of the January 6th situation. I'm not going to call it a capital riot because it wasn't. There was bits and pieces of it that were... But for the most part, it was not. You watched videos of people that were peacefully, <laughs> to use the left's term, peacefully protesting, right? Telling the officers that were there, are you going to stop these people? Look what they're doing to our building. And they were just standing there like fucking idiots. Okay? The, the media, all the media, Facebook, Twitter, everything you watch on TV was brought to you by the media, they showed you what you needed to see to form an opinion, but you never saw what actually happened, okay? In a major abuse of power, the Biden administration mobilized the FBI counterterrorism resources to investigate parents for expressing concerns on local school board meetings. Now, the FBI's 2022 budget 
has the largest funding increase requested under the category of combating t domestic terrorism. And I want to back up here real quick, too. Something that's really been pissing me off is it was trending the other day on Twitter was um, the uh, shit. What was it? They, they, what was trending was Trump's FBI. And they were referring to um, the January 6th. They were referring to a lot of situations that happened towards the end of his presidency. And they were like, oh, well, that was that was Trump's FBI. Well, don't get this guy's twit. He, yeah, he was president for four years. The FBI had nothing to do with obeying Donald Trump's orders, number one. So um, to top this all off, the FBI has a reputation of protecting the powerful and trampling on justice. The latest example is FBI prosecuting sex predator Larry Nassar because of his powerful position in the U.S. Gym gymnastics program. And don't forget the likely intelligent agency involvement in the Jeffrey Epstein affair where Epstein's um, uh, predators were allowed um, because his allowed blackmail. What? A, how is this red? Were allowed because this allowed blackmail to increase the power of the U.S. intelligent agency, including the FBI. So you, you have a lot of situations now. This is something that I probably don't disagree with that I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, that I do disagree with in this article is they're talking about breaking up the FBI. And that kind of falls back also to the like the defunding the police. I don't agree that you should defund the police. I don't agree that you should break up the FBI. They need to be held to a higher standard. All of them, police, FBI, all of them. I don't care who they are. You saw after George Floyd and all these things that happened, um, what was that, 2018, right? And all this, defund the police, we need to get rid of the police, they're bad people, they're killing blacks, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. And, yeah, you, just like in any job, there are bad people, whether they're police, they're um, uh, presidents, secretaries of states, FBI, I think the situation here is that you need, the FBI needs to be reined in, okay? The, these people that we put in charge of the FBI need to be vetted better. We talk about local police and we talk about how they need better training and they need this and they need that. Well, the, the same goes for the FBI. And I'm not talking about the lower level agents. I'm not talking about the regular Joe Schmoes that are out there doing their job. I'm talking about the damn the higher-ups, okay? Those are the people that really need to be dealt with. All right. Last story of the day, and I think, let me see, yep, we're still, we're still live on Facebook, so that's a good thing. I haven't gotten a knock at the door. I want to point out something, <laughs> something I got in Louisville. This is pretty cool. Now, when I showed this to somebody earlier the other day, they're like, oh my God, you bought another one. <laughs> so let me show you this thing here. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. What's that? AK, right? Can can you can you hear that? <laughs> this right here, my friends, is an AK7 bottle of whiskey. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm stupid like that. I buy novelty gifts. I saw that I was in a liquor store in Louisville, saw that, and I was like, uh, <laughs> how much is that? <laughs> it 
she told me the price, I was like, yes, yes, I must have that. Anyway, <laughs> let me let me close this up here. All right, so I got the last story here is, and I guess this this goes back to a story we talked about earlier in the the tarmac meeting between uh, between um, Lynch and Billy Boy, and this was a secret meeting. It wasn't supposedly it wasn't a planned meeting. You had. Uh, Somehow or another, both Clinton and Lynch were in uh, Arizona at the time in Phoenix. And uh, you had a reporter in Phoenix. His name was uh, or his name is Christopher Sign, who previously worked in Phoenix for more than a decade. Well, he was found dead by a local Hoover Police Department Saturday morning, according to Hoover uh, Police Captain Keith Zarr. <laughs> I... I don't know. Why can't it be Keith Smith? It's Zell's Caleb. Caleb? I don't know. Check. Captain Keith. We'll call him that. How's that sound? (laughs) So he's a... uh, The sign... um, Sign broke the news of the 2016 meeting between former President Bill Clinton and uh, whose wife Hillary at the time was running for president and was being investigated by the FBI and then Attorney General Lynch at the uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport tarmac at the time, the meeting was cast a potential conflict of interest. A report by the Office Inspector General of the uh, DOJ detailed that uh, what took place in that meeting. Sign moved from Alabama to Arizona. O five spent 13 years working in the Valley of the Sun, where he won numerous awards, including the Edward Murrow Award for Spot News and Emmy for Breaking News Coverage. On the search for the baseline killer. Uh, he moved back to Alabama in 17 to work with ABC 3340 to spend more time with his family, according to Station's obituary. We lost a revered colleague whose inna- uh, indelible imprint will serve forever as a hallmark of decency, honesty, and yada, yada, yada. So when it says Saturday, I don't think that was today. That must have been last Saturday. What's the date on this here? Oh, it was it was it was a month ago. So there you go. Uh, Phoenix colleagues remember sign. So in let me skip through here. So I guess nonetheless, um, let me see if it gives a reason or a cause. Uh, <laughs> I should have known. In straight Clinton fashion, what does anyone does anyone happen to know what the cause of death? Uh, and I don't mean to laugh, and it's I'm not laughing at this this poor guy's demise. But can anyone out there guess as to what uh, his cause of death is? I gotta quit yawning. I still got six hours ago. No, I'm joking. Yeah, police said his death appeared to be. A suicide. So, um, shocking as that may be. Um, it's insane that, um, that these things happen. And it, I guess, not to side with the Clintons or any of these pieces of shits, it could be coincidental true. But what is the chances that you have such a long list of people that have died magically 
and not not only magically, not not like these people have been mugged and killed. They all commit suicide. It just amazes me when you have a and when I sit here and talk about the Clinton body count, guys, I'm not. It's not like oh, here's Don saying some bullshit. Clinton body count. Oh my god, look it up. There's a fucking Wikipedia page, and they have a list of names on there. I mean, say what you want about Wikipedia, but you can't tell me for one second that if they didn't think it was kind of true, that wouldn't it wouldn't exist, right? It's not like anybody can put up a Wikipedia page, okay? Think about that for a second. There's got to be something there. But, alas, it's something more than we'll ever know because, you know, God forbid... Um, anyone could ever do anything about it. Let me go ahead and finish this puppy up, and then I'm going to call it a night. So you guys have a great day. It is Saturday, August 27th. For the podcast listeners, it is Sunday, August 28th. You guys have a great day, and for the podcast listeners, and and I please encourage you guys on Facebook, anyone listening, watching this, if you happen to catch the replay, um, please, Guys, tune into the podcast. Um, if you ask me, it's the best one out there. I'm going to tell you straight up. It's the best, co- uh, best podcast on podcast uh, radio. So check it out. Don't Tread on America. Uh, available everywhere podcasts are heard. Please share this with your friends, guys, uh, on the podcast app. Uh, if you could leave us a good rating and uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, obviously, Don't Tread on America. And on Instagram, Don't Tread on America. And don't forget about our TikTok page. That's where we make these puppies right here, right? Make these drinks very good, very tasty. We're going to have a new drink this week. We're doing a, we should be doing a Detons Files. We're going to do a listener's drink out there. I can't tell you what it is because it's going to be a surprise. So check into the TikTok, Don't Tread on America. Follow us there. And then uh, our website is uh, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. So with that being said, guys, you have a fantastic day. And please, 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 please listen to us, watch us, uh, share this with your friends, follow us on social media, do us a favor and help me out. And let's keep this uh, DTOM train a-rolling. You guys have a great day, and I will talk to you again on uh, Wednesday. All right. 